You are listening to the Bold Girls Club podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tristan. I'm Alicia. And we are here to teach you how to co-create your business from heart, not hustle. We're here to spill the tea on the bold mindset and new age principles you need to master attraction marketing, slay conscious sales, and shift the paradigm from bro marketing to feminine magnetism. You'll learn how to master the energetics of business so you can relationship with money, magnetize clients, and embody the empowered entrepreneur. It's time to step up and become the brave, alive, and committed version of yourself who isn't afraid to go after what you want. Welcome to the club, the, the Bull Girls Club. All right, everybody, what is up? Welcome to the Bold Girls Club. We have a very special guest with us today, and we have just been like laughing our asses off before we press record. So you guys are going to love this episode. It's going to be so much fun. But we have with us Kelly Mahalik, who is an embodied leadership facilitator from Detroit, throwing up the D. And she uses a unique combination of human design pleasure-based living, and somatic healing practices to help female-identifying entrepreneurs and executives release their conditioning and the chains of their past so they can step fully into who they were created to be and highest potential as embodied leaders in business and in life, all with joy, pleasure, and ease. There's so much energy in that I started to like get jumbled, but holy shit, Kelly, welcome to the Bold Girls Club. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited to just like dive in. But for those who do not know you, and for those who are maybe like new to human design and pleasure driven living and somatic healing and all the incredible things you do, what's the story? Give us, give us the spiel, fill us in the deets. Right. So this is really like the combination of things that I implemented in my own life. And these were like the the tools of the trade kind of and the tricks that were able to help me step into healing and to really like an accelerated expansion in my life and in my business. Right. Um, I've always said that like the reason why I don't get like you know, like logical, reasonable, rational results in my life and in my business is because I don't do reasonable, rational, logical things. And these are the tools that have like helped me to do that. Um, So human design is one of the main tools that I work with. And that is really like the love child of astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu Brahmin chakra centers, um, quantum physics, and it brings in even a little bit of like Jewish Kabbalah. And so we've got all of these different pieces of technology that have been downloaded and brought into the world throughout the span of history through many different places and cultures. And human design brings them all together into kind of like a, a super technology um, that gives us the ability to essentially see like your soul contract on paper. And so we can see what your gifts are, where your strengths are, where your energy lies, um, where your growth areas are, and where are the places where you signed up to have to do a little bit more work and healing in the world. And when we're able to see it all on paper like that, and we're able to translate it into the way that we live our lives, it really just unlocks our highest potential. And like you said in my bio, it's like, 
you don't have to hustle anymore. You don't have to work so hard for it because everything just starts to get into the natural flow of who you were created to be. And all of like, I'm a firm believer that like abundance and prosperity and pleasure and ease is like the homeostasis of what we were created for. Like we weren't made to have to struggle. Like we were made for goodness. And like, that's the truth of what there is in the world. And so when we step back into our design, we're able to tap back into that and just like let life lead us in its intended flow as opposed to all of the resistance we're consistently creating through our conditioning and our trauma and being human. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there's any way to <laughs> figure out where all your shadowy parts are, it's in becoming an entrepreneur. It's like, bitch, you want to get triggered every single day and figure out like all, all of the pieces that have yet to be like reclaimed, the power that has yet to be reclaimed, become an entrepreneur and it will come to the surface and you will have a choice to either find a solution, like be empowered through it or <laughs> struggle, 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 struggle and burn yourself out. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is by far like the greatest initiation into your shadow work and all your bullshit that exists. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the dream too, though, is to like have this blueprint that basically shows you where your where your magic is what the superpowers are what people are going to look to you for naturally without you having to do anything what what people are going to recognize within you because they want that within themselves right and that's usually the defined areas in your chart that other people have undefined right that's like activating them you're activating their undefined centers because you have that defined do I, do I, am I, am I getting that correctly? Like, am I, am I, am I on track here? <laughs> yeah. So the defined centers are the places where we have consistent energy that we stream from like within ourselves. That's where like we hold a lot of power. Now there's a common misconception that like defined is like better than undefined because if it's undefined or a lot of times people say open, if you hear like open, that's the same thing. Um, they feel like undefined is where you don't have consistent energy. And so you are feeling that particular uh, energy through your experience in your environment and you're absorbing from what's around you. And so you're going to experience that in a variety of ways. And so there is this common misconception that somehow like, you know, your gifts are all in the defined areas and not in the undefined areas. But the truth is, is like, you can have trauma and conditioning in your defined areas just as much as your undefined and your gifts may lie in your undefined areas as much as they do in your defined, because our kind of like our clear abilities and our empathies and our, um, our psychic abilities lie in the open centers. So those can equally be gifts. They both have gifts and shadows and can be conditioned or unconditioned, healthy, unhealthy, toxic, non-toxic, you know, uh, like regardless of whether they are defined or undefined, it's how you choose to utilize them and what you choose to do with what you've been given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a great explanation of it because I had that misconception too about it in that the defined centers are like, the things that you are consistently going to do well, that's where your power lies. That's where like your skill sets lie. That's where your talents lie. And to hear that, you know, you can be <laughs> your, your undefined centers can be talented and they can be sources of gifts and expertise too. It's just, they're more susceptible, would you say to, to conditioning because they're undefined and they're more like they, they fluctuate more based on your environment. 
Yeah, so there's an inconsistency in the way that we experience those energies because we are tuning into our environment, um, our, you know, whether that is immediately within us, our tribal environments, our families, our social circles, things like that, um, as well as like collective energies. And so, yes, you are highly susceptible in those open center or in those open centers to what we call like the not self of the open center, right? Which is where in human design, you really kind of get like called on your shit is when we talk about like the not self themes of the open centers when you're like, oh damn, like can stop reading me so hard. I did not need that call out um, because you're taking in from your environment. And so it really is a balance of learning how to like not take things on, but instead be like a screen and not a sponge in those areas. You don't want to take on the conditioning. You want to be able to sense it and then let it go knowing it's not yours and it doesn't belong to you. Hmm. That's a great explanation of it. Because when you think about like empowered entrepreneurship, the, the perspective I have of it is that you are utilizing your natural talents. You're applying the expertise that you have gained through life experience and through whatever education, right? But also that you are utilizing those all through a lens of the vision that you have for the world, right? And so all of those are susceptible to being conditioned by the industry, like just the industry in general, other coaches that you've worked with, your upbringing, like the societal standards of what it means to be a woman, the societal standards of what it means to be an entrepreneur. Like there's so much that can come into play that can interfere with you knowing what's yours and what's not. So like, what would, what would the main pieces be for somebody to start to dive into knowing themselves better and differentiating and maybe like getting a better feel for what's mine and what isn't mine. Like, what would that process look like for somebody that even maybe somebody that's starting out, like beginning entrepreneurs, that's so difficult is to figure out like, what do I believe? And what is this business going to become to share like my vision with the world and to make the change I want to make? When you're first starting out, you're just so afraid of everything. Right. <laughs> so like, yeah. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know. I'm just going to try and survive. <laughs> Um, totally. And I think, you know, knowing your chart and your open centers and like where you are susceptible to that conditioning and where you are like really going to naturally be kind of taking those ideas on, whether that's like up in your open head center where you might get into over, you know, over consuming of content right? Getting into like the doom scroll, thinking that like, I might just, if I just keep scrolling a little bit longer, I might find something that inspires me or gives me something that I need to, the idea that I need to write a post mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't feel like I have anything to say on the internet to my people today. So I'm just going to scroll for an hour and a half solid. Oh my God. So many beginners do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, oh, how about I download another freebie? Maybe oh, I just need to buy another course. Maybe I need her strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these things where we're just like searching, searching, searching outside of us, thinking that we just need to find the next piece of information, right? That's like classic open head center and like open Ajna, right? I'm just missing a piece of the information. I'm missing that secret strategy that everybody has, as well as like, how are you being marketed to and what are you like taking in there, right? Right. There's so much hype 
in the industry, once you kind of start, we live in like a microcosm in the coaching industry, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we really are this like little tiny economy within ourselves. <laughs> Where money just yep. keeps getting circulated and it never leaves. <laughs> right. And you we all just kind of keep each I other in blue. <laughs> and I'm like totally here for building the pussy economy. Yeah. Like we're all like these really strong, powerful female entrepreneurs and we pass money and we like keep food on each other's table and we support each other fiercely in our work, not just like in our words and in our likes and in our comments, but like with our dollars, like I'm totally here for that. But like, there is still such a huge element of like the bro marketing that comes in that says like, you need to have the 10K months. You need to have the $100,000 year. You need to have the retreat in Bali and run around on the beach with like your blonde hair and your skinny ass tanned bikini body, right? And <laughs> that you have to like fit into this mold to like look and like that's the picture of success. Mm-hmm. But like the reality is, is like, well, that's a great dream to have and there's nothing wrong with it. Like maybe bikinis on the beaches of Bali is not your dream. Mm-hmm. Maybe a hundred thousand dollar a year, so you can go and upgrade from like coach to Chanel, is not your dream. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's a bad dream to have or a bad goal to have, or that there's anything inherently wrong in any of the things that people use to market. But if you're not careful, especially if you have like open head centers, open ajnas which most people do, like Mm -hmm. 60 some percent of the population has an open head center. Mm -hmm. And so like when we're scrolling through day in and day out, absorbing through the words and the marketing and the sales posts and the pictures of the industry and what the picture of success that is being painted for us, it's really easy to lose your own identity in what your whys are, what's important to you, why you want the money, what you're going to do with the money, what you're going to do with the success. And this is why everyone starts to blend and mold from a variety of coaches that help solve a variety of different problems into make your 10K business coaches. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're brainwashing ourselves sometimes, <laughs> like on social media. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's just like the repeated information over and over and over again. And if you don't ever stop to check yourself and say, is this really mine? Does Mm -hmm. this belong to me? What is true for me here? Mm -hmm. Then you get lost in it. And like, Mm -hmm. I came across my memories the other day, a post I wrote a year or two ago where I was bragging how so many of my clients quit coaching and close their businesses after working with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and that's not something most coaches probably want to brag about, but I'm bragging that I actually help my clients get in touch with who they are and what they truly desire. And for a lot of them, it's not even coaching at all. They want to be Mm -hmm. authors. They want to be speakers. They want to do these other things. And then they somehow find their way to like the spiritual coaching world. And then they get brainwashed essentially, right, Alicia? Like Mm -hmm. that idea that like now they need to be a business coach. Mm -hmm. And then we start creating like, you know, this weird pyramid scheme of business coaches, coaching business coaches to create business coaches. And then you have elite business coaches for the top tier business coaches. And it's a whole fucking clusterfuck. But Alicia and I talk about this all the time 
is that you need to be super clear on what your version of abundance and success is, because that is going to help you have clarity and be in alignment with your values, your mission, your vision, the services that you offer, the pricing, if you're even in the right industry to begin with, like that in and of itself is going to give you so much clarity. And you're right. A lot of the time people get so it's, it's very like, it's very yummy and it's very like, Ooh, fun. Like to see bottles of champagne being popped, you know, like we've used that in our branding. Cause we fucking love to party. Like we love mm-hmm. to party. We love champagne. So that's authentic to us. But for some people that's not, but you see that happening so often and you're like, Oh, this is what it looks like to be successful, to have money, to be abundance is that I have to flash it around. I have to do all these things. Right. But it's like, for some people, abundance and success might be that you have a cabin in the woods somewhere that you go to every weekend, you unplug and you like eat food off a campfire and you're fucking crushing life. That's your version of success. Right. Yeah. But it's so easy to get caught up in the world of social media and how everybody likes to portray abundance and success and how a lot of the time it has to do with money and physical material things, meaning that you are successful. Yeah. And, you know, I was like legitimately gaslit by my coaches for years because I always was like, I don't necessarily like need to make a million dollars in my business. Right. Mm -hmm. I see people being like, we had a million dollar month and I'm like, good for fucking you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But then what happens is your coach is like, oh, you're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. And also because I had a real big resistance because it wasn't resistance. It was conviction against high ticket coaching. Mm. I don't have any problem with high ticket coaching. And in fact, I do have like $25,000 programs and ways to work with me. They Mm. exist. Right. But they are for the few, Mm -hmm. the bulk of my work. And like, I got to crossing that like elusive six figure mark with offers that were under a thousand dollars, a lot of them under $500. Right. And I was insistent that coaching and support and like evolution and growth in your life should not only be a luxury for the super wealthy, Mm -hmm. for people who have expendable thousands of extra dollars every month to pour into themselves. And that, you know, there's a thing that is commonly said when we talk about like social, social justice and things like that is that like the people closest to the pain are also the people who are like, you know, furthest from, from the solution or from like the help. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that there's so many people out there who are energetically ready to shift something in their lives, but they don't have the tangible resources. And I was like, that's not fucking fair. It's just not fair. And it like got under my skin. So accessibility became one of the core values of my business. How am I able to do this work for people 
And I was gaslit for years by all of my coaches that I had resistance. I had money mindset problems. And that's why I didn't want to raise my prices and everything. But like the solution to everything in the coaching industry can't just be raise your prices. If you've never taken on a client or you've only been doing this for a couple months, the solution might not be raise your prices, Mm -hmm. right? We can't just like consistently like raise and raise and raise and like being like kind of like a pissing contest with one another over who can charge the highest rates for their programs and make that be the measure over who's delivering quality content and who's not. That's an illusion of who can market the best, Mm -hmm. who has the best copywriter. At a certain point, it's who has the best copywriters and graphic designers to continue to bring clients into their funnels and things. Um, But you know, that was one thing that I'm so proud of in my business is that like through implementing and embodying my own work, I was able to make a lot of money mm-hmm. not charging crazy prices, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's not that prices are bad and there need to be people who have that high caliber of container and commitment because there are people who need that. There are Absolutely. people who need to throw down $100,000 for the year to be in that container and do their fucking work because that's in their best interest to have that much skin in the game. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can do that. And so not every coach can charge like that. And maybe one day I'll get there. Mm-hmm. But like right now, I'm super happy not charging $100,000 for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that everybody needs to kind of like take their place. And again, going back to like reevaluating, like what is important to you? What's in alignment for you? If low ticket offers aren't in alignment for you, then fuck, don't do it. But if high ticket offers are in alignment for you, don't do that either. Just cause your coach tells you to. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something, Alicia? You were like, huh? <laughs> Um, No, I was just thinking about energetically too, when these coaches, they are like, oh, you need to be charging this much amount. And if you're not an energetic match, because, you know, money energetics gets me off too. But if you're not an energetic match for that price point, you're not going to feel comfortable marketing for that price point either. So you'll automatically self-sabotage it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember like one of the first coaches I ever worked with wanted this was like back in 2017 maybe um and she was trying to encourage me as a brand new coach to charge ten thousand dollars for a six or eight week package as a brand new coach as a brand oh honey oh my god you gotta be a fucking prodigy to charge that much and even still you just like alicia said like i was so energetically unaligned for that But like I would get on the sales call and it was time to pitch and tell them the price. Mm -hmm. And I would talk around, talk (laughs) under, talk over. And I would sabotage the call because I had no confidence in myself. And then I would still not be able to get the words $10,000 for six weeks out of my mouth. So I would do all of this like backwards, over explaining, selling, justifying that already mucked up the energy of the, of the cell. And then I would still come in with like $1,200 for mm-hmm. six weeks, right? And I, would, I wouldn't even be, because I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth, mm-hmm. but because I was trying to talk myself into the 10,000, I, I was like dancing all around it, which like 
I was making no sales because people were like, well, like it was so clear that I didn't believe in myself and that I was struggling. Um, and yeah, if you're not energetically aligned for the pricing or the programs or like what it is that you're putting out there, you will find a way to self-sabotage mm -hmm. your sales yep. process. So like why even bother at that point? Mm -hmm. mm. That was for that coach's ego. That wasn't in service of you. That was for her being able to say, my program made this much money this round. That wasn't for you. That pisses me off. I'm pissed off for you. <laughs> I'm getting hot and sweaty just thinking about it. <laughs> I get visceral reactions to things. But pricing is, pricing is an art. It is an absolute art. And it is a combination of knowing the types of services that you want to offer, the type of client that you want to serve her, her disposable income, what she has available, knowing how much experience you have doing some market research to know, you know, somebody's in my position with how many years of experience, what do I price? And then what do I think this is worth? Like if, what do I want to receive for this? That would make me happy and feel taken care of, but also feel like I'm still contributing and not taking advantage of somebody. It's an, it's an art and it takes time to figure that out. And I think especially for newer, newer entrepreneurs, like allowing yourself to price where you feel confident is the most important thing. And knowing that you're always going to feel a little bit like, Oh, that's still too much. Or, Oh, who's going to pay that? Cause you've never received money before for your work, for your services. You've had a paycheck in the past this is a totally different ball game. Right? So you're always going to feel a little uncertain, but integrity is so important with pricing. And there's so many coaches that teach pricing and sales from a place that is not integrity fueled. And it just, oh, grinds my gears. It grinds my gears, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like a sweet spot of it being like that energetically aligned where like you can get your energy behind it, but it is stretching you a little bit, mm -hmm. right? It is taking you like in a little bit out of your comfort zone, right? And that's going to be a different place for everybody because everybody has different experience, different education, different money stories. Everyone has a different place. And like, it's okay wherever you're at because there's people at every single level that need to be served, right? And like I said, I hate the idea that like, coaching gets to be a luxury for the wealthy. It should be something that is accessible to all of us. And it's up to you where in that scale you, you fall and you have to find what's in alignment for you. And that's where like in human design, we use like what's called our authority, which is a specific set of um, like energetic checkpoints that you use to find alignment for yourself. And there is a scale um, for each human design type that lets you know if you are out of alignment or in alignment, or like, I think of it like the game hot or colder, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, it's a sliding scale and like, you're like, you know, more and more and more and more and more and like way wacky out of alignment or more and more and more and more and more in perfect alignment and mm -hmm. flow. And like, you can measure what's in your own personal values and integrity for you based on how you feel, you know, using your types scale. 
can we talk more about that? I am so curious because we have Same. three different types on this call right now. You're a manifesting generator. I'm a manifester and Alicia's a projector. So three out of five, we got covered. Can we do like a real quick run through of like how to know if you're in alignment with each type? Yeah. So this is what we call like the not self theme and the energy signature, mm -hmm. if you've ever heard those words before. And so the not self theme is where you are when you are out of alignment. The energy signature is kind of like what you are chasing a lot of times in your life. And um, because it's the sign that you are in alignment and flow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, manifester will go first. Um, so for manifestors, the not self theme is anger. Mm -hmm. And the energy signature is peace. <laughs> I'm laughing because I am the biggest hothead. I throw shit. I break things like <laughs> it's and anger for me doesn't even necessarily need to mean explosive. It can just mean like an interruption of my energy flow where it's like, oh, like it doesn't have to be an explosion. It's just more of like a God damn it. I was in the groove and now I'm not and I'm frustrated. So yep. maybe you can explain anger in a different way. <laughs> I don't know. How do you yeah, explain No, it? I mean, like anger is anger and it can be everything from that, like motherfucker, like mm -hmm. what the hell, right? Where you just need to like yell some expletives out because mm -hmm. it's like scientifically proven that you feel better when you swear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so like, maybe you just need to like get real, like angry about it for a minute. Maybe you do need to like throw something or whatever. I mean, I'm all here coming back to like what we like in the beginning in my bio, like that, like, um, somatic healing practices, it's like real, part of that is allowing yourself to get in touch and really feel your feelings. And so like, mm -hmm. if you are angry, like get fucking angry, but you can do that in a way that isn't harmful mm -hmm. to yourself or to other people. Right. Do you need to break shit? Do you need to smash some things? Do you need to hit some things like cool, like grab some pool noodles, get some pots and pans and like bang on them. Pillows, like, anger, like, you know, mm -hmm. like anger scream into your fucking pillows. If you mm -hmm. need to, I mean, out loud, if you have nobody who you're going to scare my cat, it's very disturbing to my children when I just like anger rage yell. I just rage clean. Like if I, if I'm angry, I rage clean. Like I put on fucking metal and I grab my gloves and my sponge and I just and I clean my apartment. It's great. Right. So I like to get in the car and put the windows down and blast music and scream. Driving yeah. down the highway with your Starbucks and your hair blowing your yes. designer sunglasses. Just Try it sometimes. <laughs> Rapping, like angry rap music. Yeah. It's very cathartic. Yeah, it is. It it's is. Real. So like I host like somatic workshops and embodiment workshops with my clients where like we actually give ourselves full permission to get angry. And so like we grab like tools like around the house, like drumsticks, wooden spoons. I have like a really gnarly cat scratcher that like hangs on the door that's like pretty heavy and weighty and I like beat the shit out of my euro shams and my mattress and like I get angry and we dance and we put on like crazy music and we freak out and give ourselves permission to go all the way in mm -hmm. and feel it because like the only way through it is through it and like mm -hmm. the problem is not that we have these feelings like anger or whatever it's that we try and dismiss them and bypass them and call them bad and shame them and don't allow ourselves to actually experience them fully. So in these workshops, you know, we allow ourselves to feel that, to feel our grief, to cry, to wail, to sob, to feel like the depth of like, you know, that those deepest places of sadness and grief and disappointment in life um, that like you're afraid to go to because you're afraid you might not be able to like come back. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then, but it's all in a controlled environment where like, you trust me as the facilitator to grab your hand and lead you out. And then we come back through and we like re-regulate our nervous systems. We shake like animals, right? Clear out our nervous systems, do a system reset and then like move into pleasure. And we always like end up dancing to like Madonna or Brittany or something like we're, you know, like at a middle school dance in a circle together, like in our zoom circle, like having a good time and having fun. And then you've like released it all. And it's so good. So like anger can be small, it can be big, but like, it's not for a manifester, something that's bad. It's something you're going to be familiar with because it's your red flag that you're not in alignment, that something didn't go good, that you missed your strategy to inform for the manifester, right? Is to inform. So maybe you didn't tell someone something and they reacted poorly because you didn't inform them and they got a little like shitty with you about it. Cause like, why, well, it would have been nice if you told me and then you get angry at them because now they're getting shitty with you mm-hmm. or flip side, the not self theme can also show up as the, as it being projected at you. So mm-hmm. maybe somebody's getting angry with you and that can also be a sign that you're out of alignment. Interesting. Okay. So then what is the sign of alignment? So the sign of alignment for a manifester is peace. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that like, okay, like, and everything's good. good. And we're cool. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Right. It's like that very like zend out, like there's no fires to put out. Nothing's wrong. Everything's <laughs> working. Oh, Jesus Christ. Alicia's got this smile on her face because she's like, girl, <laughs> girl, listen up. <laughs> I'm a high energy person. Like I just run very high naturally. So peace for me is a little elusive, but we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah. she crashes. But here's the thing. When Tristan crashes, she could be in that peace, mm. but she might not see it that way because she's always running. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep very high energy dog over here and just need a lot of exercise. <laughs> throw the ball for me. Somebody throw the ball, please. <laughs> That's so interesting because as a manifester, I'm guess I don't have your chart in front of me. I know I have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a defined root? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where that's coming from because you're lacking as a manifester, that sacral definition that is actually like what people would run their energy on. And so like with an, with a defined root and an open sacral, you need to be really careful because you're actually one of the highest candidates for adrenal fatigue and burnout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so even though you feel like you have a lot of energy, you have way less than you think. And especially if a lot of your energy is coming from caffeine Oh, it's not. I'm decaf. Okay. I'm on that decaf life. All right. No. Good. Mm-hmm. Could you good. imagine Tristan on caffeine? That was me in college, girl. I was drinking like <laughs> 32 ounces a day and I was just literally vibrating all the time, like jacked oh up, God. but we cut that out. That's gone. By It's out of the lifestyle. <laughs> good, good, good. But yeah. So like learning how to manage that and know that like your gifting is actually in not doing. Mm. And so like, could you give yourself more permission? to do less and to not have to perform all of the time. I'm going to like re-listen to this a couple times just to let it sink in. I can't stop looking at Lisa's face and she's like, please just take notes. Listen, listen to her. All right, I'll smack you later and say, listen, bitch, do nothing. Oh my God. Do less. So that would be my challenge for you, Tristan, would be like, can you ask yourself, like, how can I do like 5% less in my day? Mm, okay. 
just 5% less. You don't need to like put a full on stop. You don't need to go like sit on the couch and like watch Bridgerton all day long. I mean, I highly recommend you do. But... Do it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should sit down on your couch and watch Bridgerton. Yes. But like you can do all of the other things too, but can like you just do 5% less in your day maybe? Hmm. Okay. That was already super helpful. And I'm really curious about projectors now. Let's put you in the hot seat, bitch. Let's light your ass up a little bit. (laughs) Light her up. So for projectors, the not self theme is bitterness. So these like Mm. are our salty sallies. (laughs) Um, because like why I like margaritas so much. I mean, why you get the salted caramel, whatever the super fucking frappuccino triple shot thing, whatever it is from (laughs) Starbucks that you get. Alicia's like, I am not caffeine free. Um, free, (laughs) So, so bitterness is the not self theme. So that's, what's going to come through when you're out of alignment, right? Like feeling salty, um, maybe even like getting a little bit petty is sometimes how that can come through. Um, when we're trying to like cover up as like a little bit of a coping mechanism for our saltiness. Um, And so like, that's what you're either going to feel or is going to be projected back at you. Other people can get bitter with you, right, as well. And so like, that's kind of like the colder on the, that end of the scale of not an alignment, which again, like bitterness is not a bad thing for a projector. It is a normal thing because it's the thing that's telling you that like something's not quite working and aligned for you here. Mm -hmm. Um, So for a projector, your uh, strategy is to be invited And so bitterness might come up if you step into something without an invitation. Somebody might get bitter with you or somebody might not respond in the way you want to, causing you to feel bitter, for example. And on the flip side, the energy signature is success. And so this is why projectors very often find themselves in like high level, uh, like C-suite type positions, um, entrepreneurial, because six, they're meant to chase success because that's what's in alignment for you. Now for each projector calling back to the conversation we had prior to this, like success is your own definition. There is no one set thing that marks success. It's not an income cap. It's not a certain designer something, right? It doesn't have to look any one certain way. You get to define based on your values what success looks like for you. But that's kind of what you're chasing your whole life. And so you get to, you know, use that as like the hotter, the more successful you feel in your life and your business, the more in alignment you are. Mm, I love all that. Now, can I ask you about waiting for the invitation? Because I know a lot of projectors have a hard time with this and they think that they need to be like waiting forever and that the invitation has to be obvious, especially in business. So do you mind elaborating a little bit on that? So if you notice, I did not say that your strategy was to wait for the invitation. Um, Despite the fact that that's what your chart may say, I try not to use that language because I feel like it's deceptive. Um, So Mm -hmm. I said it's to be invited um, because it's not passive. You're not sitting... I'm just going to keep using Bridgerton as the excuse because it's the thing. Uh, Like you're not sitting around like watching Netflix or Bridgerton or like picking your nose or like masturbating in the bathtub until things show up for you, until like the mailman knocks on the door 
and is like, here's your wax stamped invitation. Like it sounds so deceptive. So it's really about being invited. And one of like the, the keys to being invited is recognition. And so projectors are hallmarked by similar to manifestors by their lack of sacral definition which means that you have a more finite energy than a fair percentage of the world. And so being invited is really about only using your gifts and giving like your time and your energy and your like wealth of goodness that you're here to give to the world to people who will appreciate it and who recognize your contribution. And like not being willing to just like give it away for free or to people who won't fully appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And so it's about being invited is about you being choosy as to where you give your energy to because you want to make sure it's only given to the people and the places that will fully recognize and appreciate it. And so invitations can be overt. It can be a literal invitation, like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Like, right? Hey, how do I work with you? Like, they can be overt like that, but they can also be more covert in the way that, like, somebody follows you on Instagram or joins your Facebook group, right? When they do that, they've recognized you as someone who they are interested in following learning from they've positioned you as an authority by being in your in your spaces and that's the invitation that's all the invitation you need to bring them into your funnel right and like warm them up love them give them value and ultimately enter into like conversion and pitching with them um, and projectors are kind of like vampires in that sense that like once somebody invites you in to like with that business with like, hey, here's my follow. I'm getting on your mailing list. I'm joining your Facebook group. That invitation holds. You don't need an invitation every single time you want to make a pitch, anytime you want to like, you know, tell them about a program. Some of the greatest coaches in the industry are projectors. Um, and it's like a thing I have, I'm super attracted to working with projectors. I do it by accident every time. I never know they're projectors when I sign up with them. I learn after, but it never fails. They're always projectors. Um, and so it's a very magnetic energy. And again, like they didn't need my permission time and time again to keep pitching to me and telling me about their new programs and like asking me to enjoy their, to join their stuff because I gave them that kind of blanket invitation when I stepped into their spaces. I love that analogy. Now I'm going to think of like Klaus and Elijah Michelson every time I send an invitation. <laughs> I love that so much. And like, there's a big difference between like, we, we run a, a, a sales training program that's built on soul line sales, built on integrity, built on doing it from an embodied place, right? Then we approach membership, like we approach client attraction in a very different way. Because being a manifester, mine is more about like activating, jolting, 
like shaking people up, waking them up. Right. And Alicia's is more about pulling in from that place of curiosity to the point where people are asking her questions and wanting to learn from her. So it's very different approaches. And that just helps that whole explanation helps so much to just be like, yeah, okay. We're like, we're using, we're using our skill sets here. We're, we're doing the things we're doing the things. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. I love that explanation so much. Cause I feel like projectors really feel like, oh, I can't send that DM. I have mm-hmm. to wait you know, for that invitation. But sometimes that invitation is like you're saying, it's an energetic invitation. Yeah. And so you, I mean, again, it's like coming back to your strategy and authority and checking in for what feels an integrity to you, right? Like I'm never going to coach anyone regardless of your type to just go like jumping into people's DMs, even as a manifester, right? Where you have like the power to initiate and just do whatever the fuck you want basically in the world, right? Like I would still never tell Tristan to just go jumping into people's DMs and pitching her shit because like gross. It doesn't work. I, when I, when I was a newbie and had never sold on social media before I was doing that and it was a fucking train wreck. So I don't care if you're a manifester, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody. <laughs> I mean, because cold DMs are essentially like the entrepreneurial version of a dick pic. Dick pic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and like you're right grabbing, where you were grabbing your ass at a bar. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, no, like just say no to the cold DM. But there are times where sending DMs and personalized invitations are appropriate for any type. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I am currently in launch for my mastermind, right? Mm -hmm. And I did send out personalized DMs, but they were to the women who have already literally, who bought like literally every offer I put out in 2020. Right, they're in your orbit, yeah. Yes, who I am in relationship with, Mm -hmm. who I have an established relationship with, who have bought from me before, who I know are ready not only necess- like energetically and in their growth, but also financially, because I'm already in their businesses. Mm-hmm. I already know their stuff because I've worked with them in the past. And so me going into their DMs and saying like, hey, just letting you know, like I'm launching this on Friday and I think you're perfect, but I'm only- it's a small mastermind. It's 10 people. Mm-hmm. So like I wanted to give you the heads up because I've worked with you. I like working with you. I know where you're at. I know this is a good fit for you. And like, I'm going to include a real cool bonus. If you jump in before I even launch, mm-hmm. like that worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got a lot of yeses for that. And like, I mean, I've been launched for like two days or something. Like, I think I launched like Friday night. So what, it's like just a couple days and I already am half full. Yes, queen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just going to brag that a little bit. Love um, it. But like. I was not just going to anybody. It was a very well thought out and there was a history there. So it made sense. And even a projector can do that. But again, it's like that invitation has to be there where that person has expressed interest in you. You have relationship, Mm -hmm. right? You're not just like going in fully blind. Mm -hmm so important build the relationship first with anything build the freaking relationship first before you ever ask anything of anybody so important yeah and that's a great segue into do you classify generators and manifesting generators together because they both have the defined cycle or do you do you separate them 
Um, in like a traditional human design, they do not. They consider manifesting generators to be a subtype. I consider them to be their own type in the way that I teach, like in my certification programs. But for the sake of like this discussion, mm. they do have the same not self theme and energy signature. So we can lump them together for this because mm -hmm. this part piece of their chart is the same. So for Jens and Manny Jens, that is going to be frustration mm -hmm. for their not self theme, um, which like, I cannot even tell you, like <laughs> I used to live in perpetual frustration with everything. <laughs> like I just like frustration was my like my default state for years and one of my parents is a generator and they are in a perpetual state of frustration i'm not gonna say which one but you know if you're listening you know what's up. perpetually frustrated something is always wrong yep yeah and just feeling like it's not going right it's not working right and i find myself still like i slip back into that idea of feeling like oh like like why is this just not like working the way I want it to or like why are people not getting in the program fast enough or like whatever story I'm telling that day right mm -hmm. and again it's not about like making this bad it's about me going like oh I'm feeling so frustrated about this okay stop like slow down why am I feeling frustrated what's happening here where's the truth is there any truth here Am I feeling frustrated over problems my open head center has created that don't really exist, mm -hmm. right? Um, like people aren't getting in fast enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I had like, like nobody signed up for my mastermind today, despite the fact that I got five people in like a 48 hour period, nobody signed up today. So I could start getting myself into like a frustration loop over like, where is everybody? Why is nobody signing up? Oh, cause it's a high-end fucking mastermind lady. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of money. And like, you had a lot of people get in like right off the get. People are thinking, they're running their emotional waves. They're checking their bank accounts. They're doing their things. Mm -hmm. They haven't had enough touch points yet. Cause you only launched like four days ago, right? Like there's a million reasons why. And like totally okay and normal when you're launching a high-end program to like not have days where maybe nobody signs up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but like I could easily get myself into feeling really frustrated and annoyed with this. And so that's a, just the sign that I need to check in with myself and see what's going on. So mm -hmm. our not self themes get to be like our new best friends because mm -hmm. they're the that. ones that like tap on our shoulder and say like, listen, sister, <laughs> like, pull it off, <laughs> get it together, take a lap. <laughs> Right. They're like the, the share slapping your face and it's like, snap out of it. Right. <laughs> yep, like I that's love it. Not self theme. Mm -hmm. So from Jens and Manny Jens, frustration is the not self theme and satisfaction is the energy signature. And so because Jens and Manny Jens are the 70% of the population that have the sacral energy, these are the people who like can like go, go, go. And obviously like everybody's individual and depending on your root definitions and like a million other things, um, your, your energy level like is your own. But, you know, as a manifesting generator, like there was a time in my business where I would be on back-to-back -back calls with clients for like nine hours a day. Holy shit. And I had no problem doing it 
I was like a shark. Like I was good until I stopped and then like I would sink. But like at the end of the day, I would be so exhausted, mm-hmm. but I would feel so satisfied because I just got to spend nine hours doing like my life's work. Oh, and like Alicia and I, we don't get that. We're like, we're burnt out. We fucking hate the world. Like if we're right, tired, right, we're right. like, I hate everything. Burn it down. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I did have a client who was like, I'm just going to try like only working two days a week. Like you do. Cause I only take clients on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And so they were like, oh, I'm going to try doing something like that. And like booking longer days, but less. So I have more time off. And I was like, yeah, good luck with that projector. And like, she tried it for two weeks and was like literally physically sick. Yep. Like she, her body started breaking down on her. And I was like, I told you it was not going to work. So mm-hmm. then she had to go back to like, so like the non-sacral types, like manifestors, projectors, and like reflectors, I recommend do like less work on more days. So it's like spread out more. I mean, and obviously the ideal is going to be to delegate everything that does not have to be you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously like you have to be at a certain point in your business to be able to delegate to that amount. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But so delegating everything you possibly can and then splitting it up over like less work on more days or doing like, you know, a couple hours in the morning and then taking a big long afternoon break. So you can go for a walk or, you know, take a nap or be with your kids or your partner or whatever. And then coming back for a couple hours in like later in the day, whereas in like generators and manifesting generators, uh, can kind of play with their schedules where they work less days, but longer days. Hmm. And so then they have like that more time off. Right. So it's like, I believe everyone can probably run their business in under 25 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but it's just a matter of how you block that 25 hours to work with your own energetic flow. And there's, like I said, it's not just say like I made broad sweeping generalizations here, but obviously like your, your root definition comes into play here. Your profiles come into definite, you know, into play here, um, to help define what those schedules can look like. And that's a lot of times what I help like my private clients do. And depending on the program, sometimes that's in part of it is figuring out like, what is that flow for you? Oh, I love that so much. And I feel like that is like the last question we should end on, but we have one more type, right? We have, we have one more type. Yeah. Um, but this is 1% of the population or mm-hmm. like or less. It's like very few because reflectors are hallmarked by the fact that they have no definition in their chart whatsoever. They're completely white and open. Mm-hmm. These are like the oracles of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and their not self-theme is disappoint- disappointment. And their energy signature is surprise. Interesting. Okay. That's a different one. Such a fun one, right? Like that idea of like surprise of like, oh, fuck, like did that actually happen? Like, did that really work? Oh my God. Like, did I actually do that? Like such like that fun, like, whoa. Yeah. Like, oh bitch, who are you? I love that. Like, damn, (laughs) did we do that? Yeah. So super, super fun. That's amazing. We, we know a projector, um, Bree, she's a medium. She's a, she's not a projector. I'm sorry. A reflector. She's a reflector. And I'm always just fascinated. Yes. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You'll have to meet her, but I'm like, I'm fascinated by what you were talking about before we talked about reflector, before we talked about reflectors in that there's specific parts of your chart that can help you figure out what will help you get in your best, like specifically for entrepreneurs workflow, like the schedule that's going to serve mm-hmm. you best, or maybe even signs of when you maybe need to stop 
right? Because like my body will tell me very clearly, I'll start to think less clearly, I'll start to feel energetically tired when like I have the energy to get to the day. It's just more of like a, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. So it's like, I have to take a break and go do something and clock out for a couple hours, right? Yeah. But I'm really curious, just like a real quick, just just something that people can start applying now to help them, you know, a little, yeah. little value to send them on their way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what's really interesting and sometimes tricky about human design is that it is the science of differentiation. And so while we can talk about these, you know, these things in kind of more broad sweeping terms of like, what's your type and like all of these things really, truly, it comes down to the individuation of a specific chart, because Mm -hmm. like, you're not just a manifester or a projector or a manifesting generator, right? Like I am a 6-2 manifesting generator with an emotional authority. I also have, you know, I'm single definition, both my head and my root centers are open. So those are my pressure centers. And I have a left angle cross of industry. And basically what all of that means for everyone who was like, I don't know what the fuck she's saying. All of that basically means that I am one of the fastest people on the planet in the way that I synthesize information and move decision into action. So my whole life, I was always super frustrated because I didn't get, and I'm like a six, two. So again, I don't understand that things I'm good at are things that I'm good at. I just think that like, it's normal to be good at these things because two lines have like a dysmorphia when it comes to their gifts. They don't understand their gifts. They think it's like just a inherent skill set that everybody has. Mm -hmm. So I spent my whole life really, really frustrated. And the early parts of my career before I found human design, really frustrated with why people couldn't just get shit done. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. People go on the internet, say some fucking things, put in a PayPal link and get paid. (laughs) Why are we overcomplicating the sales funnel? Like, and that's my whole marketing strategy instilled to this day. Say things on the internet, give links, get paid. Like it's that simple to me. (laughs) Tell the humans what they need to know. (laughs) Ask to be paid. Oh my God. Right. And like when it would come to like building programs or writing content, I would be like, you just fucking do it. Like, I don't know, go journal on it for 20 minutes, Becky. And then like get on the internet, throw a PayPal link on it and like make a sale. Like, (laughs) but that's my energy. And Mm -hmm. it took me finding human design and learning like, holy shit, everyone else doesn't like synthesize the way that I do. Mm -hmm. Some people have like split definitions, which means they have like different energy teams that play in their, within their bodies. And it takes a minute to connect Mm -hmm. one team to another, to have that energetic conversation, to get to where you're going. So it's a little bit slower, right? Some authorities are instant. Some need time right? Some like my left angle cross of industry is very action oriented. So that means like I I'm an exhorter and like an activator, like by far, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like the, like, what are we waiting for? Like you said you wanted it. So like, why are we not doing the things? Mm -hmm. But like, I have to, through human design, I'm able to have more compassion with the other humans, whether it's my clients in their businesses or whether it's with my kids Mm-hmm. and all of their shit um, or whether it's the people at the grocery store right um, or people I'm in relationships with friendships dating 
knowing that like their energy doesn't work the same as me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to creating like your energetic workflow, the most important part really is to like trust yourself, I think. And to know that like whether or not you have your human design chart in front of you and you can see it and like you can know the things and we can say, well, you're this like your sacral's doing this and your roots doing this and like this is your profile and like this is your authority. And like I could break it all down for you on paper and that's cool, right? Mm-hmm. We always love a good like operating manual for ourselves. But even if you don't know your chart, if you give yourself the permission to do what feels inherently correct to you, as opposed to always operating, making decisions out of what you think it's supposed to look like, you're going to naturally fall into your design because your design is who you are underneath all of the shoulds that you're shooting all over yourself. Mm -hmm. So can we like remove all of the shoulds and all the supposed tos? Can we stop running our businesses like we're bad fucking bosses in nine to fives and thinking that we have to like wake up and start work by a certain time and take calls during these hours of the day. And like, like you run a, if you're doing work on the internet, you run a global business, like do shit when you want to do it. I don't take calls before noon because I don't fucking want to. I also don't take calls like after five because I don't fucking want to. Mm-hmm. Right. I work three days a week for like four hours a day with the clients, like all my content and everything gets written outside of that because I get to do that in between the rest of my life, my momming, my relationshiping, my resting, all of that. But like, I see clients on a very limited basis, like, because I don't want to be locked into Zoom all day. If I wanted to sit in an office chair all day, I would like not have put the obstacle of creating a business from scratch. I would have just gotten an office job. Um, so just, I think like, that's the most important thing that human design can help you do, but that you can do without human design and do like inherently on your own is radical permission to make your own fucking rules. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I feel like too, most people, they get caught up in the glam of entrepreneurship, but then they operate their business. Like you said, like a nine to five and they expect to get paid like hourly, like when they make you know, their prices, they like structure it still from that same place of being paid like a nine to five versus like saying, no, I get to make my own rules. I get to make my own structure. Yeah. And you end up just like trading one set of chains for another. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. You know, I mean, I know people who, and I do this a lot of times during the summer, actually during the summer, because I live in Detroit shout out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like winter here, nine months of the year. (laughs) And then we have like three months of summer. (laughs) So your ass is outside when it's summertime. You're like, I am not working. It's the sun is out. I try and shift my days to evening. So I can like actually enjoy the daytime and like get up and like be with my kids and like go hiking and like go to the pool, like do all of the things. And then so instead of working like in the afternoon, in the middle of the day, like I do in the winter from 12 to four, right, I might work from five to nine Mm -hmm. so that that way I can get up and I can have like my whole day to enjoy the day. And like, why not? Mm-hmm. I get to make the rules, right? And like I said, I give myself permission to change that at any given time 
or just because the season or because maybe there's something going on in my family or maybe there's something going on with me or maybe I just feel like I need extra rest so I need to sleep later these days. So I'm going to shift my schedule and see how that feels. Like give yourself that permission to experiment and try things on. We call it like living in your design, like living your experiment because it's a constant process of like unbecoming what's not you and re-becoming what's true to you and like who you're actually here to be. And so it's like, I joke around with my one girlfriend about how it's like, like building your life through like, like it's a stitch fix box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so like you get the things and like, you're all like, oh, these all look really cute. Right. But like, just because I think the outfit is cute doesn't mean I'm going to like it on me. Mm. There's a lot of things out there I think are real, real cute. And then I try and like wear it and I'm like, mm, no. That's a hard no. So like, can we try things on and then be like, no, this doesn't fit the way I like. Let's get rid of it and try on the next thing. Keep the things that fit us well, that we feel really good in and get rid of, send the box back and then like get a new box and like try on more things until we figure out like what our most productive and expansive flow is where we're able to have the success, but we're also able to have the pleasure and it all just like flows and feels good and easy and like it's working mm-hmm. it should all be working mm-hmm. it should all be working for you yeah it should all be serving you absolutely this has been fucking epic <laughs> I don't think I have any more like Alicia do you have any more questions I feel like we covered so much this was amazing no, I don't Tristan and I have been talking about human design for quite a while and she's like a little bit more into it than I am. I've looked at my chart and I've been like, I don't understand what any of this is. And just kind of like, I know you said I'm a five one and I blow things up and walk away. That's exactly what I did. So this has been so eye opening. Thank you so much. You've given so much value. Such a pleasure to have you on. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It was so fun.